Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast, and my guest is Alex the Pug Portel. How's it going, Alex? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Pretty good. So, what have you been up to lately? All right, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your Pro Wrestling 2.0 and how did it come to be and what decided you to have your own promotion and become a trainer? Well, I wrestled for many years and, uh, and, and you know, I just always wanted to maybe give back to what was given to me. And so uh, we launched uh, Pro Wrestling 2.0 Training Center and um, we only had, you know, a handful show up for the open house. And so I thought, well, you know what, let's go ahead and just, uh, you know, go ahead and run a show um, and uh, let's get some eyes on us. And, and, and then that's just kind of where it all took off. That's pretty good. Um, I was looking at some of your uh, Pro Wrestling 2.0, your roster and everything as well. Um, there was one wrestler, um, looks like he has a promising career as well, and he looks pretty good. Uh, the 17-year-old prodigy, Eli Knight. Can you tell me a little bit about him? And is he one of your best students? Yeah, actually, Eli um, is, is is one of the best students. Uh, he probably is the best student, you know, in his category. Uh, like you said, he's 17. He just graduated from high school, and uh, um, he's he's pretty focused. Um, he's he's really another ricochet, you know. If you, if you want a you know quick answer, um, he moves like a cat, and uh, he's out on the road working already. He's been around about a year now, and he's been working probably oh I don't know six months or so. So. He, uh, he he jumped in there pretty quick. And it's pretty good. So uh, did he reach out to you, or did you reach out to him, or what? No, we, we've got uh, – no, we don't never reach out to any students. They always come to us. I mean, we we don't really – you know, we just kind of advertise our stuff on social media and, and, uh, and our website, and, and then the kids come in and, you know, uh, 10 will join and, and – Um, also, what was uh, your memorable moment of Pro Wrestling 2.0 since you've been around for about three years? Most memorable moment? Yes. Oh, oh let's see. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have to say probably um, probably Sammy Callahan taking the, the, the 2.0 heavyweight belt uh, for the first time. Uh, you know, our brand new champ, you know, three years ago. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. So what's it like uh, working with Sammy Callahan? He's a beast. Sammy's Sammy's a pro, you know, uh, he knows what he's doing in the ring. And uh, uh, Sammy's a fantastic worker and, and, and just always an honor to be around him and and guys that uh, are as committed and devoted as, as, as workers like him. So Sammy's a class act. Hey, that's good. I always liked watching him in the ring as well. Um, there's um, a couple uh, wrestlers I would love to talk to, to you with that you worked with. Um, you worked with uh, Steve Dahl. Um, what was it like getting into the ring with him? And I also heard a story that when you were like, I believe you were like 18 years old in the ring, um, you busted his head open with your steel toe boots. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, that was USWA whenever I went in for the Dirty White Boys in 1990. Uh, I had some big Harley boots on, and, and they were tough to work in, really. Uh, but, yeah, I did. I, I busted his head open. I busted a couple of guys' heads open, actually, by accident, of course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Steve was Steve was a great worker and learned a lot from him. And, uh, and, and rest in peace for him, man. I mean, he's been gone for a couple of years now, or maybe a little bit longer, but uh, I always enjoy being around Steve. I know. He he's, he was like a talented wrestler, and it's a shame he passed away as well. Um, also part of the USWA, um, you teamed up with Tony Anthony um, being part of the Dirty White Boys. What was that like, uh, tagging with Tony, and what you learned from him while you guys were the Dirty White Boys? Tony was uh, Tony was an established worker for many years before I came in. You know, I was the 
that was my first real break with a character, you know, with uh, coming in for something, you know, uh, full time. So um, Tony, Tony was a phenomenal worker and uh, one of the best best workers out there uh, ever, really, in, in my in my book, uh, especially when it comes to tag team. Uh, you know, when you got Lenny Denton and Tony Anthony working for 20 years, I mean, tagging on top, um, it just doesn't get any better than that. But, uh, yeah, Tony, Tony is a fantastic worker, good people, and uh, just, just all-around great athlete. Yeah, he is. Um, I've seen I've seen some stuff of him online. I mean, he's he was just a talent of the ring, um, you know, as well. And then... Um, so uh, when uh, when you went to uh, WBF now WWE between ninety um, six and ninety seven when you first uh, started there and went into the locker room for the very first time were you like very intimidated? Uh, yeah, WWE was intimidating. Yeah, I won't lie, it absolutely was. Uh, uh, you know, I was twenty five years old and and you know around a bunch of stars and, and events, of course and. And, and yeah, it was uh, definitely a game changer of, of all promotions, uh, and no doubt. Um, yeah, you worked with a, um, a lot of great talent in there as well, you know, especially, uh, you know, like The Undertaker. And you also worked with uh, Bob Holly quite often as well. What what was it like working with Bob Holly? Uh, you know, I mean, Oh yeah, he was very entertaining in the ring as well. Um, you also went over to Japan as well. Um, what was it like for you uh, wrestling over in Japan, and um, what did you enjoy about the culture over there? Well, Japan's my favorite country out of all I've been to. Uh, they're very clean and neat, and, uh, and and very respected. They respect the business. You know, they don't uh, they don't they don't crap on it like they do in America. You know, of course, America's done that to themselves. agree with you because um you were brought up the um old school style of wrestling as well where it's like technical and all those uh great moves in the ring instead of all the high flying stunts so were you uh kind of glad you were raised the old style of wrestling trained well yeah absolutely i mean you know there's nothing wrong with high flying but there's a time and a place for it and you know it just can't be everything you know if it's everything then it doesn't stand out you know i mean um, one or two in the match is good, but when you do it ten times and, 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 and then you try to give it to them again, they've already seen it, you know, and especially when the next match does it and then the next match does it. So, you know, that's the problem. Everybody wants to everybody wants to be a WWE star. They don't want to be themselves. Oh, I know. You see a lot of that in the indies especially. I've noticed that as well, and I'm not even a, a pro wrestler. Um, so if you could change anything about uh, pro wrestling today and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I would, I would, you got to get the internet away from these, these, these punks out there that, uh, that think they know, you know, everybody, everybody knows something online, but, but you get them in the ring, they don't know dick, uh, you know, and uh, they always got something to say, something smart to say, and, and you know, uh, uh, sometimes they mean well, but sometimes they put their foot in their mouth, you know, and, um, you know, just, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think something needs to be regulated. Um, uh, you know, not everybody can be an NFL star. Not anybody can be an NBA basketball star. The same thing about pro wrestling. Not everybody can be a pro wrestler, you know, and, and uh, everybody thinks, you know, well, you can do a hip toss and a drop kick and an arm drag. Well, I can be a pro wrestler, you know, but, 
don't realize what comes with it, the sacrifices that you make, and uh, uh, what it really means to be a true athlete and, and, and one of the boys, you know? Hey, that's very true. So at your school, um, do you train um, do you train your students um, the old school way, you know, like in ring psychology and all that great stuff? Yes, we start them with a great foundation, and then and then we you know elaborate on the bigger stuff as they develop. Uh, and, and that being said, we don't have any part time guys. All of our guys are are are, are you know they're, they're focused and ready to go. I mean, we, we turn away guys that. That look like dog shit. We turn around, turn away guys that that, that have uh, spark mouths and disrespectful. Uh, we, we just get rid of them. Uh, Pro wrestling 2.0 is not about money. We uh, we're about we're about business. So uh, all these other schools are, are, are a lot of them. They they just kind of they take whatever they can get from people because it's revenue. But 2.0, uh, we represent pro wrestling, not uh, not money. Hey, that's a good way to be, and that's a, a you know great way to train your wrestlers. Um, there's a, a wrestling school out here, and I'm in Cincinnati, and um, the students are uh, you know trained uh, the same way how you trained your students, and they're trained by Cody Hawk. Um, yeah, he's I mean he's trained a lot of you know champions in the ring. I mean he's trained uh, Dean Ambrose, Eli Drake, Braxton Sutter, Sammy Callahan, all those great guys. Yeah, um, he, they were doing a show um, at Future Great Wrestling, and um, he was in a ring with a Brandon Xavier, and they were doing, you know, like, you know, old school technical wrestling. You know how back in the days where, you know, the wrestlers would wrestle for like 30, 35 minutes just doing, you know, technical moves and all that great stuff? Um, I was sitting in there in front row, and there was a lot of fans, you know, today that were getting bored with it and booing at him. And I'm just sitting there looking at him going, this is some classic wrestling, you know. Why are you, uh, like, booing and um, leaving, you know, the um, arena because of the long match you were having, which was very great? Yeah, shame on them. You know, that's exactly the problem today is that uh, everybody wants to dictate what the marks want to see and not give them what they need to see. And, and that's today's problem. Um, I, I don't care what promotion it is. Uh, you got to you, you got to go back to the drawing board and, and, and all this baby oil stuff and and, and you know uh, all these all these uh, big matches with uh, all the all this stupid stuff. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for that, but it can't be every show. You know, and, and that's exactly the problem is, is is they're so used to seeing that now then. That's all they want to see. You know, they don't even have respect for anything else. So uh, shame on them. <laughs> I think so, too. I totally agree with you as well. You know, and like I said, you know, I was, you know, a fan back in the 80s. And, uh, and I'll tell you something. I miss kayfabe, and it's a shame it's not around anymore. Um, also, uh, when you're not in the ring, what do you enjoy doing when you're not in the ring or training? beautiful kids and, and, and my wife and uh, I'm, I'm real big on my family uh, although I leave them every night to go to school you know uh, but uh, it's just raising the family and uh, you know we, we enjoy going out to the beach and the theme parks you know I'm here in Orlando um, you know we uh, we you know go down to Miami or Daytona here and there and just kind of do some staycations so I'm a big family man to be honest with you uh, uh, and I love the business. I mean, I, I, I still do a lot for the business right now. Um, I'll be in Tampa Friday for the Legends Lunch with Brian Blair. Uh, we've got a show Saturday for uh, for Appa, uh, the Wild Samoan here. He runs a great promotion, WXW. Uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of that office. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, I, I still make many sacrifices. And, and there's so many things that, that, that come with pro wrestling that don't come with a paycheck. You know what I mean? It's because you love it. You do what you love. And um, and if you don't love it, don't do it, you know? 
Um, at your, especially at your uh, brief stint at WWF, um, how did you come up with the pug? Was that Vince's idea, or did you just come up with that? No, WWE did it. They flew us in. Uh, we we were at the Titan Towers, and, and uh, it was a, one of the it was called Creations. Uh, one of the offices there, and we went in there, and you know uh, they asked us our previous uh, characters what we'd done, you know, back in the days, and, and, and growing up and coming into the business. So one of the last things, you know, I told them I was one of the dirty white boys, the beach bully in Dallas, uh, you know. Um, and then I, I, you know, right there at the end, I just said I wrestled four years in high school before I got into pro wrestling. And, uh, so they called me a couple weeks later and said, Hey, you know, we're going to call you the bug. Uh, you're going to be an amateur wrestler and, um, and you know, we're going to go from there. So that was, that was all Vince. Okay. I was just wondering how that was. I thought maybe he was trying to push you to make you into like another Steiner brother. Well, you know, well, I did have their music. That's funny. But, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe they were, you know, I don't know. I mean, of course, I, I couldn't touch, you know, Scott or Rick Steiner's work. I mean, those guys were legit shooters, I mean, big time. I mean, I was an amateur wrestler in high school, but I wasn't nothing like those guys. But, you know, I do think that I kick-start the, uh, the fire under Vince's butt to bring in Kurt Angle, probably, um, you know, which which is fine with me. I mean, I wasn't an Olympic gold medalist either, but... Uh, but I'll take what I was given. You know, I was on the roster, and it was a fantastic uh, uh, production, and, and and not a lot of people can say that they worked in the garden. Uh, not a lot of people can say that they've got the WWE on their resume, so um, I, I'm honored to have it. And speaking how you were an amateur wrestler as well in school, um, did that help you and prepare you as well when you uh, trained to be a pro wrestler? coaching or, uh, you know, any kind of a, a sport behind you, especially in which you're wrestling. Uh, I met Jim Cornette in 1983, 84 at Mid-South, and, and he's the one that pretty much inspired me to come on in. And that was when I was a freshman in high school, so I jumped right into amateur wrestling. Uh, my dad was a football coach for 25 years. I love football, but uh, but it wasn't wrestling, so uh, that's what I chose, and that's, that's, that's what I've been doing since I was... 16 years old I'll be 50 in October hey that's awesome hey you know that you're still young man you can still um, go at it um, I don't know if you ever heard of a uh, indie wrestler over in the Florida area he's like 66 years old and uh, he's training he's still wrestling um, you ever heard of a uh, Joseph Saracino uh, possibly I, you know I shake a lot of hands in locker rooms I may know him by face but uh I, I, I can't place him right now. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they did a story on him, you know. Um, you know, he lost his wife and he had a son. And him and his son, um, you know, connected through pro wrestling. So for his son, you know, he decided to, you know, become a pro wrestler at 66. And, you know, he trained and kept up with the young guys in the ring and started wrestling and had some great matches. So if you um, ever get a chance, you should uh, check out Joseph Saracino. Okay, okay, absolutely, yeah, I'll do that. Um, also, um, since you've been in the business for a long time as well, have you had any regrets? Not one. Wow, that's good. <laughs> hey. I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, you know, I, I came in at the right time. You know, I worked territories and I was breaking in. You know, I was a, you know, uh, it was an honor to go to World Class and be with the Von Erics and Eric Embry and Al Perez and Wild Bill Irwin and Steve and Sean Simpson and Jimmy Jack Funk. Uh, you know, those guys were pros, you know, and, uh, and, and that's how you learn. Um, these kids nowadays, they don't anybody to learn off of because all, all the, all the vets are gone. You know, they, I, I don't even think a lot of them really want to have any part of the business just because of the way it's gone and, and there's no structure in it. And, and everybody's a wrestler now, so, um, you know, that's why you see guys disappear, and it's sad, but uh, no, I got no regrets. And especially since you enjoyed working at World Class Championship Wrestling, um, you know, you went down there with your pickup truck with a, a TV and VCR to go show uh, Akbar, to, uh, and then what happened after that? Well, that's when I got my break with, uh, with World Class. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Akbar set 
later I was in Dallas uh, working TV. Oh, that's that's very good. So you probably you learned a lot for working on TV as well. I mean, like you said earlier, you know, working with Devon Eriks and Chris Adams and all that, you learned a lot and um, learned a lot on TV. So when you wrestled on TV for the first time, how were you feeling? Did you have goosebumps? Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just a natural thing. I still have it when, I, when, I, when, the, when the music plays, you know, and, and something, you know what I mean? If you don't have that, then walk away from it. You know, you've lost, you've lost your 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 inner desire, and there's no no butterflies when the music hits. I mean, if, if that's not there, then you might as well just take it to the house. Um, that's so true. Where do you see yourself in pro wrestling 2.0 um, in uh, 2019 and going on to 2020? Everything's just kind of unfolding right now, so uh, uh, I'd like to see us, you know, uh, get some sponsorships and, and, and move right up the ladder, you know, uh, kind of like MLW did. I mean, you know, they kind of started somewhere like us, and uh, and you know, right right TV station saw them and, and picked them up, and uh, they got some good sponsorships, and and, and they're 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 taking off. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we've got a great product. We've got. Uh, Gentleman Jack's one of our trainers. We've got, uh, you know, uh, Josh Woods out of Ring of Honor. We got our our, our head trainer, uh, Mecca Wolf 450, uh, is is our international lucha guy. Uh, he's all over the world. So uh, I mean, nobody can touch our product. Nobody can touch anything we've got going on right now. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, especially in Florida. Um, you know, uh, I would say that we are. Probably a tier or right underneath uh, something like Booker T's got going on in uh, uh, Reality of Wrestling over in Houston. So, and you know he's been around 10, 12 years, and we've been around three. So, uh, if we are neck to neck on that, then then I would say we're doing pretty good. Especially in Florida, what's the wrestling scene like that in Florida, and how are the fans down there uh, for pro wrestling? You know, you, you got all these indies popping up, running down here. Uh, half of them don't know what they're doing, but uh, but that's okay. You know, whatever. I mean, because the the, the 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 marks aren't stupid. Uh, they they know uh, they know what they're watching. So um, you know uh, you know, but, it, but it's, it's all good. I mean, I'm not knocking them all. I mean, there's just a lot of people that they, they run shows here sporadically. There's no storylines. Uh, the, the guy in the back calling everything, he's never done anything, you know, he's never been out of Florida, you know, I just, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's a fairy tale promotion, so, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not knocking those guys, they're doing the best they can do with what they got to work with, but uh, those are the kind of companies that shouldn't be around, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, this ain't a Mickey Mouse game, this is pro wrestling, and like, either you got a top office and you're doing the right thing, or you're not, I mean, you know, so, you can try all you want, but either you got it or you don't. I'm um, also. Do you see yourself like working with a MLW as well? No, I don't. I, I see myself uh, growing 2.0. I mean, uh, I, I don't have any interest in that right now. Uh, no, I don't. Hey, that's pretty good. You're going to go very far as well. I mean, you got like you said, you got a lot of uh, great talent working for you too to bust out some future superstars someday that who knows may go to Japan or Ring of Honor or you know even a or maybe AEW right so yeah, I appreciate it man yeah it was a great podcast I've actually got a meeting uh, okay. here shortly but I hope I answered everything for you uh, anything else on your mind yeah um, where can they follow you on social media and uh, pro wrestling 2.0 uh, you can go to prowrestling20.com um, for our website and see everything there. Um, uh, you can just check out Pro Wrestling 2.0. Search it up. You'll see our Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, we've got Bob Roop seminar coming up in two weeks. Uh, we've got Danny Cage coming in uh, at the end of July. We've got Rudy Gonzalez uh, out of San Antonio coming in shortly. Uh, we've got Haku coming in doing a seminar. Uh, Brian Blair, Stevie Ray. So. We've got a lot going on, and, uh, you know, just, just uh, check in and follow us, and, and, and we'll keep you in the loop. Thank you for coming out of your busy time to come on to the podcast and talk about your promotion and share your story. Absolutely.
absolutely. I will always enjoy sharing my uh, story and, uh, and and giving back to, to what was once given to me. All right. And everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. What's up, podcast listeners? This is Jargo from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as HTM Sports, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Listen, if you love Robin's show, then chances are you'll enjoy ours as well. We talk a lot of Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, AEW, NXT, WWE, you name it, we've got you covered. So hit that subscribe button. Be sure that you catch the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the weekly flagship, right here on the HTM Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. This is Robin Nelson with another edition of Wrestle Podcast here at Hooters. And you can follow Wrestle Podcast at Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, PodcastCity.net, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. And you can follow me at Twitter at WPopcast1, Facebook at Wrestle Podcast. And my guest tonight is Dean the Dream Jablonski. How's it going, Dean? Thank you, brother. Good to hear, be here. So, um, I saw you last Saturday at the War Show in Lima. You were yeah. inducted into the War Hall of Fame. Tell us yeah, a little man. bit about that. Yeah, man. Definitely one of the greatest moments of my life. All the guts that I've left in all the rings across the country. Um, really, really a great honor to be inducted into the War Wrestling Hall of Fame. Lima, Ohio. Great wrestling town. Great people. And uh, really, really great promotion. So what was it like to be in the Hall of Fame with uh, Jock Samson and Stryker and all those guys? Matt Stryker, I have so much respect. Um, Matt Stryker's a brother. I mean, definitely family. Um, I broke into the business um, with Matt Stryker. Um, Matt Stryker has helped me tremendously throughout my career. Um, Matt Stryker actually taught me how to do my first power slam. Really, really great guy. He taught you your first power slam? How to do my first power slam, yes. So um, growing up, were you like a huge wrestling fan? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, My dad would take me to all the shows. Um, At that time, it was at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. We went to um, WWE shows at that time. They were WWF. Um, Saw all the big stars, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Um, We also went to all the NWA shows. I got to see Dusty Rhodes, the Rock and Roll Express, Nikita Koloff, Terry Funk. So got to see the best of both worlds at that time growing up. Um, did you? Um, I also heard you do a lot of uh, weightlifting as well. Yes, yes. Um, before I became a professional wrestler, I was a competitive bodybuilder. Um, I, when I was uh, 18 years old, I won the Teenage Pennsylvania. Um, still um, active in bodybuilding. Um, came in third place in the uh, heavyweight novice at the... Um, it was the uh, Kentucky Derby Fest Classic in 2017, fifth place at the Mr. Pittsburgh, so still very active in bodybuilding, yes. So have you uh, competed at the Arnold Classic? No, no, I've never competed at the Arnold Classic. Might be something I might do in the future, the uh, Arnold Amateur, um, definitely would be something to shoot for, yes. Uh, since you were like in weightlifting competition and all that great stuff, what was one of your most memorable moments in uh, the world of weightlifting? Oh, wow. Probably in 1992 when I won my first overall um, bodybuilding show. Um, that, that you know, really, I rank, you know, being inducted into the Hall of Fame right up in there with, you know, some of those great wins that I've had in bodybuilding. Just, just really, really great times. Since you were uh, um, into bodybuilding a lot, what influenced you to get into the wrestling business? Um, re- what influenced me is what makes me hate the wrestling business right now. I got into the wrestling business because I got in there to see larger-than-life comic book heroes. I got in there because of guys like The Ultimate Warrior, The Warlord, Hulk Hogan, you know, even guys like Bam Bam Bigelow. Every single wrestler that was in the ring in that time period during the 90s, during the heyday of professional wrestling, looked like killers. They looked like somebody that would kick your ass no matter what time, what place. They looked like stars. They looked like something. And I got into the professional wrestling business because I wanted to be one of those larger-than-life characters. 
I didn't want to be some 180-pound heavyweight that puts on the, the championship belt and it looks like they're wearing their dad's shirt or their dad's shoes. Um, you know, it's the, the state of the business right now is it's it's I'm, I'm surprised it's still still functioning the way it is. It really needs to change. I totally agree with you as well. Um, do you think uh, in today's wrestling, there's like, uh, you know, lack of storytelling, uh, no in-ring psychology? Well, my honest opinion in that is I think that the wrestling business has to evolve. And I think there's a place for guys like the Young Bucks and the smaller guys um, like Daniel Bryan. I think there's a place for that. Back in the day, we used to call that the cruiserweight division. And there's a place for that lucha, more exciting, more acrobatic style. But when it comes to professional wrestling, for me, again, I want to see the larger-than-life characters. I want to go and see somebody and say, there is no way in the world that me and each one of my friends that are sitting on either side of me, there's no way that all three of us at a time would even touch this guy in a fight. And now it's like, I guarantee you, Daniel Bryan walks through the, the airport. Nobody knows who he is. They think he's probably some homeless man with a straggly old beard. You know? So that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, carrying his belt, his hemp belt, made of wood. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Disgrace. Disgraceful. I think it's very disgraced as well. And speaking of how you like the larger of life characters, speaking, you were talking about superheroes and all that. Were you ever a big comic book fan? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Spider-Man is, you know, absolutely. Marvel, DC, absolutely, yes. That's pretty awesome, too. I'm I'm a huge DC guy, you know, and I always loved, you know, comics and wrestling growing up as well. Okay, since you um, decided to become a pro wrestler, um, how did you become part of Wes Thatcher and HWA? Absolutely. So at the time um, when I was trying to break into the business, you know, I had some, some options. And at that time, Les Thatcher was an up-and-coming school. He was graduating some stars. The uh, MTV True Life, I Want to Be a Professional Wrestler, was out. And uh, Les Thatcher gained some notoriety. And um, I knew of Les Thatcher. I knew that if I went to Les Thatcher... He would train me the right way. So Les and I had several different phone calls um, before I came down there, and I really, you know, felt like I trusted Les, and uh, you know, came down, and I think I made the right choice. Les taught me a lot of, of, about being in the ring. Taught me a lot about how to handle myself outside the ring. You know, I've said this in other podcasts, but. I would not have been able to navigate my way through the WWE environment after I had gotten signed with WWE if not for some of the lessons that Les taught me how to conduct myself outside the ring. So um, Les has really been a, a huge, huge help to me. And I didn't appreciate him back then. You know, when I was a young kid with a huge ego, I didn't appreciate those lessons. But now, you know, as a grown man, I, I really appreciate what Les taught me. Speaking since you got a contract with the WWE as well, um, before that, did you uh, go wrestle for OVW, which was yes. the developmental? Yeah. Um, so what was Absolutely. it like uh, wrestling over OVW? Were you around when uh, Randy Orton, Batista, and all of them were around? So I had kind of two stints in the developmental system. Um one as a contracted WWE performer and then one as an up-and-comer. So I was there breaking, when I was breaking into the business in the early 2000s, I was there with Randy Orton, John Cena. I actually had several tag matches with John Cena, um, Batista, um, Rob Conway, you know, all the Brock Lesnar, Sheldon Benjamin, you know, all those guys when I was with Les's HWA. We would do our TV tapings, and we kind of had a mutual relationship with OBW at that time. And then I signed my, I got signed by WWE in late 2004 after I had wrestled Kurt Angle um, for the Angle Challenge on SmackDown, and then um, reported to Louisville, Kentucky. And then my class in OBW had uh, CM Punk, Bobby Lashley, um, Damian Sandow, who was um, Aaron Stevens at the time. Shelly Martinez, Beth Phoenix, um, Paul Burchill, Bobby Lashley, Nick Nemeth, um, who's Dolph Ziggler right now, 
um, Deuce and Domino. I mean, the list goes on and on and on in that class. It was, it was a, a tremendous, tremendous experience. Um, Tank Tolan, just great, great, great group of, group of guys. And then um, also, since you were part of HWA, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the A team? The A squad. The A squad. The A squad. Sorry, Get it right, A-squad. brother. All right, A squad. Do your research before you interview people. <laughs> so, A squad was an was an awesome uh, um, opportunity and uh, great gimmick. Um, I think that uh, the WWE had plenty of opportunities to see the A squad and see Pepper Parks, and I I think that uh, Vince kind of tailor made his Spirit Squad after the A squad. Um, so it was it was a great great gimmick and um, Chet Jablonski, Pepper Parks, um, great great times with those guys. Yes, especially Pepper Parks, who was also Braxton Sutter. Yeah. So what was your uh, chemistry like with him in the ring? Oh, fantastic! You know we had thank you. We had uh, really great times, really great times. Um, Braxton, aka Pepper Parks. Um, and uh, Chet Jablonski, we just uh, had a lot of fun in the ring. It was all about fun. It was, you know, it wasn't, uh, it, there was no pressure back then. You know, we just got in there and had a good time. And um, you also worked well with uh, Cody Hawk. Tell me a little bit about Cody oh, Hawk. Oh, man, Cody Hawk. Cody Hawk is, man, uh, he has taught me so much also. You know, he truly is, you know, one of the best trainers in the business. Um you know, Cody has given me many, many opportunities, not only to wrestle, but also to learn. Um, definitely one of the most knowledgeable guys in the business today. That's pretty good. Um, out of your whole career as a wrestler, what was your most memorable moment ever, and did you have any regrets? Um, well, definitely no regrets. Um, if I were to do it again, the only thing that I would... Uh, maybe do different is I may have spoke my mind a little bit more to uh, some of the people that maybe uh, didn't believe in me or whatnot. but um, wow so many great moments Um, I gotta put being inducted into the War Wrestling Hall of Fame up there is one of my my greatest moments Um, after my match with Kurt Angle coming in to the back and seeing Vince McMahon and Fit Finley and, and everybody giving me a standing ovation um, was, was a great moment. Um, getting feedback from Kurt Angle and the late, great Eddie Guerrero after the match and telling me what a great job I did and that uh, they see that you know I have a future in the business probably go down to some of the greatest moments uh, in my wrestling career for sure. So, uh, when did you uh, start wrestling for Thomas and War, Ohio Wrestling? Wow, I would say I probably started there um, shortly after the HWA lost their developmental deal with uh, WWE. That was back in like 2002, 2003. Um, and I branched off into other areas. Um, very, very sad day when we lost our deal, but gave me the opportunity to go out and 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 travel all over the place um my tag team partner at the time brian danovich god rest his soul um season four i believe tough enough um he and i just took to the road and uh you know war became my home i would uh wrestle on all those shows for many many years even as a contracted wwe um talent um, I was able to do some shows for war. So, Yeah, speaking really of war, um, before we got into the podcast, you were talking to our great fan, friend, senior official of war, Joe Capaz. And, uh, Copez, damn it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Co- Co- okay. Yeah. Copez, damn it. Yeah. His last name's hard to pronounce. Right, I always make Copez sitting right here with us. You know, again, do your research, brother. <laughs> oh, I do my research. I just had a hard time announcing his last name. I always miss beers. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, tell me some stories about you and Joe. Um, oh, man. You know, again, Joe is another guy that I have so much respect for. He is a brother. He is family. You know, I remember me and Joe. You know, I, don't, I don't think people in the business realize that referees go through the same exact training as the wrestlers. So, here you have Joe who 
one of the, the greatest wrestling referees in the business could very well be working for the WWE, Impact, AEW, Japan, anywhere in the world and making a fantastic, a fantastic living. But he does it for the love. He does it for the love of the business. Here's a guy that took just as many, if not more, bumps in practice than any of the wrestlers. You know, did all the drills, didn't sit any of them out. Um, so my hat goes off to Joe Copez. I don't know if if every single referee goes through what Joe did, but Joe took every single bump that we as the wrestlers did. And so he is definitely a tough SOB for sure. Another guy let's talk about, um, I'm friends with as well. Let's talk about uh, the Highlander, Rory McAllister. Yeah, man, me and Rory, again, another brother, family. Um, he and I go way back. Um, I think I met uh, Rory um, around that time that I branched off and started wrestling all over. Um, met him for the first time in a uh, show in Michigan. And then just started seeing him all over the place. Illinois, Michigan, all over the Midwest. And uh, he and I got signed with WWE around the same time together. Yeah, really, really great guy. That's pretty good as well. Another question I'm going to ask you too. Um, if you can change anything about pro wrestling and how fans perceive it, what would you change and why? I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, again, and, and these are just my personal opinions. You know, I'm not in any way trying to down rate, you know, the wrestling product today. It's, it's just my own personal opinion. It's just not for me. You know, I don't buy into seeing a guy as small as, you know, Daniel Bryan, and, and, and I'm not just focusing on him. You know, guys like uh, Tyler Black, what's his gimmick uh, in WWE? Uh, isn't it, uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, yeah, but I know what yeah. you're talking about as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But just all these, you know, really smaller guys, you know, just, it doesn't, it, it does I don't, I'm not entertained by somebody that I literally think that, you know, looks like the guy that, you know, in New Jersey pumped my gas, you know, last week. <laughs> you know, I, 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 again, I like to see larger than life comic book characters that have superhuman strength, superhuman endurance, superhuman pain thresholds, and I just <laughs> see these guys and, and I'm not impressed, you know? So how'd you come up with the dream? Um, actually, that was uh, given to me by Les Thatcher, Dean the Dream Jablonski. Yeah. Okay, I was always wondering. I thought maybe there was like a specific story or origin. Yeah. No, yeah, no. That, uh, you know, Les Thatcher came up with uh, Dean Jablonski and Chet Jablonski. All right. Um, so what do you enjoy um, outside of the wrestling ring? Um, food, um, training, you know, uh, you know, I'm pretty pretty simple guy. You know, I'm a... Uh, uh, advanced practice nurse. I have a master's degree in nursing, and I um, love taking care of people in medicine, and um, love putting diets together and seeing how I can work and shape my body into um, you know something that's that that looks like a comic book character, and uh, because that's 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 what motivates me. That's that's what gets me up in the morning. All right, me and Joe had a little bet going. I'm going to um, ask you this question. He wrote it down. I'm going to see if you get this question right. We're going to find out. Okay, if you can um, wrestle any wrestler, it could be today, past, present, future, or who are, or who's dead, who would you want to get in the ring with? Wow. As, as a team member or go against? One-on-one. One-on-one. One-on-one and tag team. Okay, okay. So if I had a choice to tag with somebody, it would probably be somebody like Kerry Von Erich or the Ultimate Warrior. Um, to wrestle... Wow. Um, if I had a chance to get in the ring and wrestle anybody... Right now, honestly, I'd like to wrestle Daniel Bryan because I would just like to slap the guy across the face and you know tell him to eat a steak and... Um, you know, put on some muscles, you know? Damn, you got it right. What? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior. I yeah. didn't think you were going to yeah. get it, but we were sitting there, you know, drinking beer at Hooters and, you know, looking at the nice scenery. We're talking about it. I was like, I don't think he's going to say that. He's yeah. Like, you watch and ask him. All right, I got another question. This is going to be completely off of wrestling. 
Do you believe in the paranormal? Oh, yeah. I think that there's definitely uh, something to that. Absolutely. Um, have you ever witnessed anything or did you ever think about ghost hunting or? No. No? No. <laughs> all right. Um, what's your favorite movie of all time? The Hangover. The Hangover. Okay. Must... <laughs> you lived it. <laughs> you, you lived it. All right. Oh, you lived the Hangover, I think, huh? I think, I think we all have a time or two for <laughs> That's pretty good. So where do we see you in 2019? Um, possibly on a bodybuilding stage again, and you never know where I might pop up in a wrestling ring. So you're ready to get back into the ring again? Um, I never left. Um, you know, I, I still try and take a few bookings uh, pretty much every year, so I, I never left. I'm not retired, and I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Would you ever get in a ring with uh, Cody Hawk again? Absolutely. I would pay to see that. That would be a good match. <laughs> I think I think a lot of other people would pay to see that, too. That's money right there. Fantasy match right here. I'm calling it. Cody Hawk versus Danger Blonsky versus Jock Samson. Yeah, I would, I would I would do that. I mean, I don't I, I don't know Jock Samson very well, um, but uh, from what I understand, he's uh, he's a pretty good wrestler. So yeah, let's make it happen. I would love that. If, um, if you're listening to this, Jock, I'm going to definitely share this, and maybe we can get this match going on at war. I would love to see that, you know, Jock. You'll probably get your ass whooped, but, you know, it's all good because you almost got whooped by Space Monkey. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, yeah. Next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, next question, right? Um, speaking of all your matches you've been in, um, who was the favorite wrestler you got in the ring with that you had great chemistry with and you guys knew each other inside out every time you got in the ring? Uh, always great matches with Cody Hawk. Um, had great matches with Bobby Lashley and OVW. Um, Brian Danovich and I, you know, tore down several houses back in the day. Um, really great story. Me and Brian, we would... Uh, we would wrestle, and if we didn't have a booking on a certain day, we would look on the internet and see, you know, where there were shows that were running. And there were times when we would go to the show, meet the promoter, and the promoter would put us against each other in the main event, and we would bump the guys that were scheduled in the main event. So, uh, yeah, Carlucci and I, uh, we did that, geez, for a couple of years, and it was it was some of the best times. Absolutely. Nice. All right. Uh, can you tell me about your first match and what you learned from it? Um, yeah, I learned from it, and, I'll, and I will quote Shark Boy. Um, don't cut a promo unless you're told, and don't spit on the fans. That is very good. That's a good model to go by. It seems like nowadays some of the wrestlers I've seen, you know, in the back locker rooms and all that, don't really go by that. Yeah, and that's, you know, why... Although wrestling is very, very hot right now, you can pretty much put any, you know, I'll quote Jim Cornette, any backyard mud show, you know, outlaw wrestling federation out there and you're going to draw a crowd. But uh, that doesn't make a quality for a wrestling show. That's pretty good as well. And I spoke to you before we came on that uh, you're friends with Kelly Klein. Do you have any good stories with you and Kelly Klein? Um, I don't know why everybody... uh, brings that up. Um, Kelly's a great girl and, uh, you know, I have nothing but respect for her and uh, BJ Whitmer. Um, you know, great people. You know, I adore them both. And speaking of like how um, indie wrestling's on fire, um, I'll ask you a question. So what do you think about intergender wrestling? Um, I think it's something that's been around for, for ages and uh, I guess it started with Andy Kaufman and uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think so too as well. But you got a lot of haters as well. And also, what do you think about the whole AEW product that's coming out this year? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, again, you know, I think Jericho and Omega are going to have some tremendous matches. Um, I just hope that it's not a bunch of 180-pound heavyweight wannabes that are just uh, flip-flopping around. You know, I hope that uh, they really uh, make something of it, and I hope they give it a go for sure. I wish them luck. 
Since, uh, you know, we talked about Jock Sampson, how you would love to get in the ring with him as well, will we ever see you in, in a war ring again? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. If given the opportunity, I wouldn't turn it down. And speaking of war, they have such a great roster. If you got back in the ring um, as well, um, who would you be eyeing at to get in the ring with? Oh, wow. I um, was really impressed with, uh, what was his, uh, Cry- Cryon? Cryon, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind wrestling some of the bigger guys of war wrestling. Yeah. I definitely could see that as well. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. All right, so where can everybody find you on social media if they want to follow you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Dean Visk um, underscore Dean Jablonski and uh, Facebook under uh, Dean Visk. All right, uh, Dean, thank you so much for taking your time coming on the podcast and enjoying some great wings and beer here at Hooters. Yeah, buddy, thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, everybody else, thank you for listening to Wrestle Podcast. Good night.